Hello, and welcome to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror one episode at a time. I'm Jackie. I'm Erica. And this is season four of Horror Cafe. Can you believe it? Can't believe it. I can't believe we're here. And this is Erica's January picks because we are celebrating her birthday all month long. Woohoo! And. We are starting it off with The Autopsy of Jane Doe. So it's episode one of season four. I've been wanting to do this movie forever. We have tried on several occasions to do it, but then we found that it wasn't available at some point. Mm -hmm. And it was only available to buy, which given the number of times I've watched it, I probably should have bought this one. Probably. We have seen it a bunch of times. I know I'm into fourth time watching this movie. I think it was mine as well. So yeah, we could have just bought it. Granted, we did watch it for free this time. Yes, we did. Actually, I don't think we've ever paid for it because I believe this initially was on Netflix. It was, yeah. Right. So we did see it for free. I think we've seen it for free all the times, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't always available. It's bouncing around the streaming services like everything else Like everything else. Yeah. But I'm excited that we are finally doing this. Finally getting to it. So um, what are you drinking? I mean, I know what we're eating. And these biscottis, these mini chocolate chip biscottis that you made, thank you, are out of this world. Well, I you. love the way you dunk them in your coffee, and they get soft, and then you got, you have this oh marvelous taste. Plus the little melted chocolate, yes, from the hot coffee goes into the coffee too. Yep. It's just, it's an experience. It's perfect. It's the best way to wake up. Oh hell yeah! So thank you for for making these. You're um, welcome. What's in your cup today? I'm having a Jim Beam coffee. Mm. It's non-alcoholic, but it's a vanilla flavor. We found it at Dollar Tree. Yes, we of did. All of all places. It was a small package, but I think probably well worth it because it's not something you're going to have every day, right? Yeah, that's my weekend coffee. Right. And uh, it's quite good. And with the biscotti, dunking it in there, oh. It's delicious. So you have that little bit of that bourbon whiskey flavor in the background, no? Not at all. No? No. Then what makes it Jim Bean? I have no idea. I think it was just a marketing ploy. Ploy. And that's okay. And for those of you who are wondering, no, it's not expired. I know a lot of people think that some of the food from Dollar Mm. Tree is expired, and it actually is not. No. I I mean, I check anyway. I check stuff even at the normal supermarket because you never know. I have found stuff at the regular supermarket Mm -hmm. that is expired. So anyway, bad produce. We went off on a tangent here. I am having I am having just regular old dark roast coffee, cream and sweetener. I thought that was perfect to go with these biscottis. I didn't want any flavors Mm. interfering and it is delicious because some of those little chips just kind of melted into it and gave it that little something. Awesome. So. Well, I'm in. Yeah. So are you ready to read the plot? I am. It's a very quick plot. I see that. When father and son coroners investigate the death of a beautiful Jane Doe, they find increasingly bizarre clues. 
Dun, dun, dun. I remember when this movie came out. This was apparently uh, from what I found. It was limited theater release, which I never knew. But to me, it was just a streaming release. Mm-hmm. At the time, it, it was pretty popular. Stephen King was posting that he thought it was one of the scariest movies he's watched in a while. He really liked it. I don't know. It just got a lot of buzz. At mm-hmm. least I remember it having a lot of buzz. And we finally watched it. It was on Netflix at the time, like I said. What I like about the movie is, to me at least, it's different. Mm-hmm. And I like the unraveling of the mystery with yeah. the body. Yes, I agree. Um, did I? I might have my memory jumbled on this one. What? Did I see this first on my own and recommend it? No. Or did we watch it together? We watched it together to my knowledge. Okay. For some reason, I feel like I saw this on my own at one point. So clearly I don't remember. But what I do remember is that on one of the watches, because I think maybe the second one. I think so. (laughs) We were having dinner as we watched it, you know, just our plates, our little bowls in our Mm -hmm. our laps and watching the movie, you and I. Yep. And I was having couscous. And it was during the beginning of, I think, Jane Doe's autopsy, because it is a full-on autopsy. Mm-hmm. So heads up on that. And I was severely grossed out mm-hmm. to the point where I have not been able to eat couscous since then. <laughs> I, you recall me putting my fork down and saying, I can't eat. Yeah. And that doesn't happen to you. That is a rarity for yeah. me. It. It's weird. It just grossed me out. I don't know why. Hmm. And this time around, it did not happen, thankfully. I don't know what it was because I thought maybe it would be something that looked like couscous that grossed you out. I don't know. I can't pinpoint where and how you got grossed out. I mean, it is gross. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I thought it was because of something that looked like couscous but it wasn't it wasn't it just mm. i don't know i guess it's because where at whatever point it just kind of mm, me mm-hmm. i probably had a mouthful of it in my mouth and Ugh. and it just kind of like uh yeah i can't eat this i just couldn't do it that it, rem- it didn't happen though this time around no thankfully. at least thankfully that yeah. happened to me with this is going to be a strange so back when the internet was still new and oh i know where you're headed yeah pop Mm -hmm. email chains were big yeah back then yeah i think it was you i did i sent it to you you sent me some weird email of weird looking people yeah weird looking things right and one of them was this guy i think it was a guy who was all tattooed up like from like the whole face and a bunch of piercings and i don't know it was the way he looked Mm-hmm. that really disturbed me and grossed me out. And I was in the middle of eating the instant mac and cheese, the one that you put in the microwave. The craft instant the craft. mac, yeah. And uh, yeah, I never ate it again after Even that. to this day? No, I can't do it. But see, simple, benign things like that can yeah. really get to you. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I still see the guy. It mm-hmm. just left this impression and it's disgusting. So, <laughs> so you see, you understand. Oh, I get it. I yeah. get it. But yeah. you like the movie? What this movie? Yeah, of course I. Come on, I think this is like the fourth time I've watched it. Yeah. I would think that yes, I do like this movie. 
Cool. <clears throat> Shall we dive into some movie facts? Uh, by all means, please do. I'm a little stuffy, so if you hear a lot of sniffles and sniffles. And more sniffles. That's me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, movie facts. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it an 86. Audience gave it a 71. This was released on December 21st of 2016. This was the limited theater release, which I had no idea about. And it was released on streaming on May 2nd of 2017. Wow. This movie is not that new anymore. No. And yet I feel like it it's fresh in my mind, like of recenty. I don't know if that's a real <clears throat> word. I just made it up. Because it still looks it still looks it looks, really well. It looks good. It has aged really well, well. Really good. It has aged very well. Yeah. It has a runtime of an hour and 26 minutes. I have to say something. It feels longer than that, though. Really? Yeah. I feel, not that it feels like it's a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. but I feel that it's a little bit longer than mm. an hour and 26. I didn't feel, I thought And that's it was not fine. a negative. In this movie, mm-hmm. it did not bother me. I actually wanted more, so. Yeah. Interesting. This grossed $6 million. I couldn't find the budget, so Mm -hmm. that's pretty low. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. Although there were some prosthetics used, the role of the corpse, for the most part, was played by actress uh, Olwen Kelly. Mm -hmm. The director, I can't pronounce, Orvadal? Orvadal? Orvadal. He's, uh, I believe, Swedish. Uh, Felt that it was necessary to have an actress for the part to help connect the audience on a human level. I agree. If it was a dummy... The whole movie, I think you could, you would be able to tell mm-hmm. no matter how realistic you try to make it. So it made it really feel like, okay, this yeah. is a real. Kudos autopsy. to this actress because she was basically naked the entire time. Yeah. On a slab. Full on, on naked. Yeah, yeah. And like, not moving. Not moving, staying still. Yeah. Holding, I would imagine, her breath because. Yeah. She just was. Dead. <laughs> dead. Played dead well. Yeah. Like a possum. I know. <laughs> production in the UK began in London on March 30th of 2015. The production filmed at Home Farm in Selling Kent, which doubled as the exterior and kitchen of the Tindle- Tilden family mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox, the actors who portray the coroners in the film had to go to a morgue and spend plenty of time with real coroners to prepare themselves. They observed the attitude of the real coroners, including the things they talked about and their views towards life. That's That was smart. Yeah. Because they felt pretty authentic. They felt genuine. Yeah. Yes. Not they, that I would know. No, but, but there was a natural flow in the way they went about yeah. the actual autopsies because we see two of them, one at the very beginning, which yeah. establishes the connection of the two actors or the father and the son in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to the actual one of Jane Doe herself. Right. So I thought that that was a smart move because it lent authenticity mm-hmm. to at least from my point of view, I've never been and really don't want to ever be in an autopsy room, although I am mildly curious about it as well. I get that. I I am curious as to how you can do that. On a day-to-day basis? On a day-to-day. I Like everything to a point, I think you do become used to it, and but you have to have the right mindset for that mm-hmm. because if you're... 
Weak-minded is not the word for it. It's just if you're sensitive to that, mm -hmm. I don't think you can ever get used to it versus if that's something you grew up with, it's engraved in you or ingrained in you, then yeah, you would get used to it. But super curious too. I would totally want to watch one, but maybe not. I probably wouldn't be able to watch a real autopsy, to be honest. <laughs> Let me be honest with myself here. <laughs> now, yeah, um, I, I did read a little bit on the director. He's Norwegian. Overdahl, oh, okay. Andre Overdahl. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And apparently this was his first English-speaking film. Mm. He's also worked and directed the films um, Troll Hunter, Scary Stories, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I think he co... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say produced. With, Benice, uh, with uh, Guillermo? Yes, del Guillermo del Toro. And... Um, Sadly, the last voyage of the Dem Demeter, Demeter. I, I don't know how to pronounce good, it. So I heard mixed reviews on that. So I don't mm -hmm. know if that's sadly or not. I'll wait to see it, but I didn't hear very good reviews on it. I heard from a lot of people that it wasn't that bad. It okay. wasn't as bad as what you thought it was going to be. Okay. I keep wanting to call it the last voyage of the Dementor, and it's <laughs> like not Harry like Harry Potter. It's yeah. I can't Same. pronounce it, and I'm not even going to try. So yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, the nice. col collaboration, that's what I was trying. That's the word I was looking for mm. with Guillermo del Toro. So there you go. Some A few facts from me. Excellent. Well, if that's all the facts that we have, mm -hmm. let's dive into our movie observations. Yes. Would you like to introduce our characters? Absolutely. So we have Emil Hirsch as Austin Tilden. He is the son. Mm-hmm. We have Brian Cox as Tommy Tilden, the father. Ophelia Lovabond. <laughs> and that's played by Emma Roberts. No, she... This really confused me. Uh -huh. The character's name is Emma Roberts. But it is not the Emma Roberts no. from American Horror Story. No. Because I was going to say, wow, I really didn't recognize her. Same. So Okay. No, it is played... The actress is Ophelia Lovabond. Lovabond mm -hmm. playing a character named Emma Roberts. Okay. Oh, I see. I got it mixed up. I'm so sorry. I had a brain fart. Mm -hmm. There okay. you go. There's that fart. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Michael McEl Hatton. Could mm -hmm. we get any more complicated as Sheriff Sheldon Burke mm -hmm. and Olwyn Kelly as Jane Doe? And the sheriff. Uh, any Game of Thrones fans would uh, recognize yes. him, and I did look it up. He played uh, Lord Bolton. Mm -hmm. He's Ramsay's dad. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while when we were watching the show. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. At first, I thought he was a Lannister. I go, no, man, he's not a Lannister. And then it just, aha, he was a Bolton because of his voice mm -hmm. is what yep. made me realize it's him. Okay, let's jump into this movie. Yes. We start at a crime scene mm -hmm. that it's it's a it's a house yeah and it's a family they're all dead and the cops are saying there's no sign of entry no sign of anything it Nothing. looks like they were trying to get out mm -hmm. and in the basement they find this half unearthed woman but she's perfect yes like even her coming out of the dirt she's not dirty right it was which is so strange, strange. she's just lying there. Yeah. Very oddly and just so pale. Yes. Very weird looking. Extremely. 
So they deliver her to the local morgue. Mm-hmm. And this is where we meet Austin and Tommy Tilden. This is their family business. Tommy is the dad and the, I would say, what, the head coroner. He is. Yeah. You know, for this small town, he is the coroner for this small town. Right. And he is teaching Austin because you could tell he's like an apprentice. But I think from what I'm gathering, Austin doesn't want to do this. Right. For the rest of his life. Because when he talks to his girlfriend, when she comes over, you know, it looks like he's going to go to college or something. Go and he hasn't away. Told, yeah. And he hasn't told his dad. And she's like, you haven't told them what's going on. Why aren't you telling him anything? Because mm-hmm. the backstory to that is yes. that his mother recently died. Yes. We don't know how recent. But she died. But it does seem fairly recent because the dad doesn't seem to be 100%. I don't want to say over it because you're never over it, but past that stage. Of grief. Of grief, because obviously there are many levels of grief. And I think it goes on for for life, depending on the person. Yeah. Um, And that's, I think, what's keeping him from leaving his dad. Yes. He says it, too. He's Mm -hmm. like, I just, I can't do this to him right now, basically. Yeah. I don't know when the right time is for that either. I understand where he's coming from. And uh, they were supposed to go out. Him and his girlfriend, Emma Roberts, Mm -hmm. were supposed to go out on a date. But he decides to stay and help him with this Jane Doe that came late in the day. Because they were done for the day. You You start, when you meet them, they are finishing another autopsy. Right. And that's where you learn the apprenticeship and just how they do it. Mm-hmm. But he decides to stay. Probably the biggest mistake yeah. of his life mm-hmm. is staying <laughs> with his dad on this lovely evening. Yeah. And when when Sheriff Burke delivers the body, he tells Tommy that he needs to know the cause of death. So By morning. By the morning. Yeah. It's already pretty into the evening i would say it's like about eight or nine i, I think, think they so. showed the clock mm-hmm. or whatever yeah because austin says oh come back at 11 we'll be done by we'll then we'll be going out yeah wrong that very wrong and i don't yeah. see how he could have thought that he'd be done in two hours Agreed. somehow i think those things take longer and he should have known better unless they normally do take two hours because mm-hmm. they're very used to it that's but true this was a mystery that's true wasn't it yes and it definitely unraveled and yes. unraveled them. Oh, yeah. So they begin the autopsy, and the mystery begins. Let me go over some of the things that they found that was unsettling to both of them. Mm-hmm. There's no visible sign of trauma. Her wrists and ankle bones have been shattered, yep. but there's no outward appearance of trauma. Right. Her tongue has been cut out rather crudely, apparently. Mm-hmm. One of her molars is missing. Her lungs are black, kind of suggesting third-degree burns. Mm -hmm. And her internal internal organs reveal like a bunch of cuts and scarring. Yep. Then they find some kind of paralyzing nerve, whatever, agent in her stomach. Mm -hmm. Something called Jimson weed. It's just weird. And then her eyes are cloudy like if she had been dead. For several days, but they just found her. Right. And when they cut into her to make that famous Y incision, mm-hmm. she starts bleeding a lot. Yeah. Which is also odd. The I love how the dad, uh, Tommy, likes to justify things, right? To make him, mm-hmm. I think it's a, 
what's the word, a coping mechanism. Right. Because he's like, yeah, I've seen this before. Granted, it was maybe two hours post-death. Right. From the person. But this person has been dead apparently longer than that. Exactly. Because if she was buried, what looked like maybe the basement of the house where where we start off. Yeah. She, that suggests to me mm-hmm. that she had been dead for a while, but she just starts bleeding out. Yeah. It's yeah. bizarre. This woman is bizarre <clears throat> from the very beginning, from the get-go. And as they are uncovering all these mysteries, you're watching the autopsy. Yeah. And like, it is very graphic. So if you have a weak stomach for things like this, uh, I don't know if you can pull through this. Look at what happened to me with the couscous. Yeah. It is it is very detailed. You know, they cut the ribs and everything. They and take you out hear the heart. it. Eventually you see brain. I just spit all over myself. That's uh-huh. disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, it is important to note that they have a cat. Yes. Hanging out in the morgue area mm-hmm. or in the whole basement of their morgue. Uh, and it's the wife's cat. Yes. Now, I wonder, I think it's for rodent control mm-hmm. that they have cats because uh, at work, we have to park in this lot mm-hmm. and it's next to a funeral home. Right. And anytime I look over, not every, not every time, but they have a cat there. Hmm. Well, initially when I saw the cat, it has a collar and everything. I was wondering, where are you from, kitty? Because there is a neighborhood right behind us too. Right. So I'm thinking, oh no, the cat's lost, but you can't get near the cat. Says the crazy cat lady. Right. And then one morning when I drove up the the funeral home, I we park behind it. So they have, let's say, a garage in mm-hmm. the back, I guess, right. maybe where they deliver right. bodies, I mm-hmm. would say. The cat's there. Just like hanging out in the basement. And uh, so I think that's their funeral home cat. Probably. So it could also be for, I'm dying to go up to them and be like, hey, why do you guys have a cat? I, I just want to know. Is it for rodents or is it for spirits? <laughs> you know? Because the animals and spirits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Let's let's move on from okay. your insanity. What? It was valid. It's interesting. I think, you know, they do use them for rodent control, I think, is the main purpose. (laughs) That or maybe they just like having a cat. Yeah, that's true. What about if they just want to have a cat? All right, all right, all right. As this is going on, as they're continuing the autopsy, the radio goes to this song every time. And right now I can't remember. It's You Are My Sunshine. No, it's not. No? No, it's something else. It's some other creepy-ass song from back in the day, but it is talking about letting some kind of sunshine in. Oh, let the sun shine in. Yeah. Yes, like that. Very okay, strange. I just sang on the ra- on, on the podcast, kind of. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's creepy because it's just on a normal station and it automatically goes to, to that one. Lights flicker, you know, and I do love, like I said at the beginning, the unraveling of... What's going on with this lady? Mm-hmm. Why does she have all these things with her? Right. And they have this big whiteboard mm-hmm. where they basically have an outline of a body and they're trying to put the pieces together. But the more they try, the less they make sense. <laughs> right. Right. They're not making sense. And then uh, one of the times Austin believes there's people standing in the hallway yeah. That there's somebody in the morgue with them. So, of course, he goes to investigate. At the beginning of the movie, there was a noise in the, uh, what do you call those? 
the AC vents. Yes. And it was it was a jump scare for you as the audience and the cat pops out. So right. you know that the cat is hanging out in the AC vent and it brought a rodent. So you know, you have an idea of what's going on. He brings them a gift. Oh, that's what they do. Yes. They bring you little, little gifts. Gifts. And uh, the, the noise of an AC vent is what's making noise that attracts Austin's attention. And of course, the poor cat is in that vent. Is in that vent dead. Right. Or dying. Mm -hmm. The dad meets up with him because he goes to investigate on his own. But let's let's (coughs) back this up a little bit because when he goes out into the hall, like you said, they've got those um, corner mirrors, as I call them, that they have in parking garages so Mm -hmm. you can see what's coming around the corner. Yep. And there he sees like a a figure. Yeah. Ominous. Weird. It's very quick. It's yeah. a silhouette. You really cannot define it. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into his dad's office, and that's when he goes up to look at what's in the vent. Yeah. Like, doesn't he kind of see something move in the vent, too? Or is that the cat? He did. He did see. I thought he did see something move in the vent. That wasn't the cat. That wasn't the cat. But then he pulls out the cat. The cat is horribly injured. Yeah. His dad walks in, and you can see by his face that he is completely crushed. Mm-hmm. Because this was his wife's cat. Yeah, because it's after this that you find out that it's a wife's cat, but by his reaction... You can tell. You can tell. You can tell right away. And the cat is gravely injured. He's still alive. Mm -hmm. And the dad puts him in his arm and he holds him and he breaks his neck. That must be terrible. To put him out, to put the poor cat out of its misery because you can tell it's miserable and there is no No, survival here for this poor animal. And you see the dad take him to the, um, what do they call those things? An incinerator. An incinerator, yeah. yeah. And just whoosh, puts yeah. him in there. And Mm-mm. he's just so, I felt my heart went out to him because I can understand that. It's like the last piece, piece. of that person that was still there for you. Yeah. So I, I get it. I do understand that. It's, it, that part really touched me. Me too. It added a human element. It added to the story. I wonder if that's like anything Mm paranormal-ish. Is it preying on these people because they're grieving? And yet again, we're starting the year off with grief. Yes. Because I feel like 2023 was full of movies with grief. With grief. Or But is it that all horror movies are grief driven in some way, shape, or form? That's something that we need to maybe look at specific horror movies are right and we do a lot of paranormal and well yeah just paranormal movies and i think a lot of them are it's hand in hand with grief yeah hmm interesting and mental illness movies that we watch they go hand in hand they do so it does make sense Mm -hmm. Hmm. interesting but anyway so we're starting it off again with some grief the poor cat gets incinerated and they go back to work right they now find a string in her mouth they pull it out and it's her tooth wrapped in some like a little dish um shroud like a shroud i think kinda? that he refers to it as a shroud ish kind of material yeah it reminds me of what supposedly jesus is wrapped in well yes that's like why that? it's called the shroud because right. of that fabric that they use it's kind of like a linen, linen. type of fabric and when he opens it 
I mean, I know when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shit. So this is some kind of virtualistic thing going on. Yeah. Because it has, it's not a pentagram, but it has some. Star-shaped. Star-shaped symbolism. In the actual thing that's wrapping it. Right. And nomen, uh, nomen, Mm -hmm. Roman numerals. And they deduce that it is a Roman numeral number 27, I believe, is what they said. Yes, because they fold it together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they figure out that it's 2027. Yeah. They also disturbingly find that her skin, under her first layer of skin, because they pull it away from her. Yeah, that was really disturbing to see. Ugh. However, I have to say, it is super interesting. Yeah. The human body is freaking amazing when you see it in this way. Yeah. So I digress. Machine. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, there's sim- There's a bunch of those symbols under her skin, like written in or burned into her skin. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Very weird. So at this point, oh wait, huh. it's starting to storm outside. Yes. While this is going on. Yeah. There's even another broadcast about the storm, and then that song that song comes on again, mm-hmm. and as things are happening. Mm-hmm. That song is pinpointing in a very weird way how and what's happening or reflecting their feelings as well, Mm. I feel. The storm was broadcast to happen, but not at the intensity that Mm -hmm. apparently it is occurring at now. Right. And obviously you're led to believe that it has to do with her. Mm -hmm. Now, up to this point of the movie, at least on first watch, because obviously by the second time and beyond you watch this, you know. Right. Right. Unless you completely forgot the movie. You don't know what the hell is happening. Mm -hmm. Now you just realize, okay, there's definitely some kind of virtualistic thing going on. Maybe some, maybe it's a demonic because usually anything with those kinds of symbols, you automatically assume, at least I do, that it's some kind of demonic thing going on. And when that was like the... What is it? The nail on the coffin when they did the skin thing? Because the catalyst, then, pretty much. Right, because then the lights explode, they lose power, and uh, all their other corpses are now missing. Yeah. They have, I think, three other bodies. In, in the morgue, yes. Yeah, in the, I don't know what those are, in the freezer? Yeah. I'm assuming those are cold. I would imagine that that's a cold Ugh. storage thing. That's so disturbing. They're gone. Yeah. Not just gone, but when the I think they're the generator kicks on again. It does. Yep. And you see that the the what are those things called the the table trays that the the bodies are put on mm-hmm. are like out of the out of the the, yeah. the hole that they're I don't know what the right. hell to call that. I'm calling them a freezer. They're gone. Yeah. The individual whatevers. Right. They're gone. And they are dead, okay? I mean, they show a few of the bodies at the beginning. Yeah, because Emma is very curious yeah. about what they do. And like one woman is all stitched up with her eyes and her mouth and the other guy, his face is missing because he shot himself. With a shotgun. One has a bell on his foot, old school. Old school, like has a bell. So, and that's important for this part. They try to leave. They have an elevator and a stair Mm -hmm. well to get out of. Right. The elevator, of course, isn't working. Right. Because there's no power or the generator, you know, it's on purpose that they can't leave, let's be honest. They're being kept from leaving. Yes, and the they can't get out through the stairs because it's uh I don't know what those are called since we don't have those here. Right, 
It's those doors that you open to go into the basement. From the outside. From the outside. I'm not sure what they're called either. I don't either. either. We don't have them, so I don't know. Outdoor external basement doors. Let's go with that. Sure. Uh, A tree fell on it. Uh, Or a branch. What a a coincidence. Well, you know, that storm is happening. Of course. (laughs) No, no. The storm is happening. But the fact that it literally fell on those doors to keep them from living, uh, living, leaving. Yeah. Huh. No coincidence there. Yeah. So this next scene I find rather creepy Mm -hmm. because it's not so much visual as everything playing together to give you the heebie-jeebies. They run into the office to to escape. Well, to try to use the landline. Right, to use the landline. And also, I think, escape the weirdos that are in the hall because Mm -hmm. they start hearing the little bell bell. and they start seeing the corpses reanimated. Mm Mm-hmm. They they bar the door and they go in the the dad um, Tommy goes into the bathroom that's an extension from the office, and all of a sudden he sees you you the way the camera is angled you see mm-hmm. through I guess a shower curtain the figure yeah the outline of a body and 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 the son is seeing this and that the I think the lights flicker at some point during that that moment I think so. and the thing that's in there grabs Tommy and leaves like a bruise on his arm and his stomach and his stomach like a huge bruise like like if he got beat up like if he got yes and and mm-hmm. it and it indicates possible internal organ yeah yeah, I problems. Would say so. I don't know what to what the Injury. medical injuries. There you go. Mm-hmm. Boy, I am struggling today with words, aren't I? <laughs> it's okay. It's Sunday morning. <laughs> it is Sunday morning. So <laughs> this now just gets worse and worse. And they go back to the autopsy room and begin to re-examine the corpse. Yeah, Jane Doe. They are able to get a phone call out. Yes. to the sheriff. Right, but it gets cut off. That's and true. the sheriff stops able to hear Tommy. Mm-hmm. So just letting you know that I wonder how much time passed because I th- this is a small town. They all know each other. Right. I would think that that sheriff would have been at the house immediately because he's probably thinking, why is he calling me? What happened? There's a storm. Mm-hmm. I would think he would go and investigate unless they're that far away. It could be. It could be a small town and the ex- extreme distances we don't know if it's mountainous so that will take you even longer yeah it it depends a lot it could be very rural so yes it may be a small town but the distances may be challenging yeah okay we're also assuming that that call went through i personally think it did up to where it got it got Okay, so I'm not the only one struggling with words today. It's it's these sniffles. They Mm -hmm. have me like all over the place with speech. Anyway, I think it did what I think the call did go through up to the point where it got cut off. Mm -hmm. But I just wonder how much time elapsed. I also think there might be a time, not warp. Let's do the time warp again. Okay. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. But some kind of. That time stopped there and maybe only five minutes went by. Mm-hmm. But it, to them, it felt like an hour. Okay. Anyway, I'm All digressing right. mm-hmm. and just adding. You're adding fuel to the fire, <laughs> literally. <laughs> anyway, yes, they go back to investigate the corpse but and the, they get locked in there. Yeah, now. you see the lock <laughs> just lock. Yes. He, at this point, I didn't understand. Then he tries to, ha- uh, Austin tries to hack through the door, but instead of, 
breaking the window, he goes through the actual door. Right. Which I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Just break the window. Right. It's glass. <laughs> that made no sense to me. But when he did that, the corpse, I think with the sewn up face. The woman, yeah. Showed up. Yeah. That was a little That jarring. was really scary. I The way it was like, yeah. boom, there it is. And you knew that something was going to pop up. Yeah, you did, but it's but all it's about still timing. it still makes you jump yeah. even now. Yeah, and it's the visual of the sewn <laughs> eyes. And there's the something lips. very disturbing about how that looks. It's I just agree. Kind of like oh yeah, it's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they figure let's burn this body because I think they have both. Well, I think Austin, thank you, Archie. Realize from the beginning that the corpse is manipulating. Is the one who's creating all this chaos. But right. the dad is having a hard time. Right. And I think that stems from his scientific, yeah. medical, whatever you want to... I, I, coroners have a medical background, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to. I, I'm sorry. That's a stupid question, yeah. but I need... Well, yeah, that was really dumb, wasn't it? <laughs> it's okay. It's Sunday all right. Morning. Never mind. It's Sunday morning. Anyway. Yes, they have to have a medical background. I yes. think it comes from his scientific... <laughs> mind yes. of not accepting the possibility outside of what's black and white. And this is definitely in that gray area. Uh, this is very gray. Very gray. This is 50 shades of gray. <laughs> but not in that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just full of weirdness today. Anyway, you are. they figure now that the dad seems to believe this or accepted it whichever they think they need to burn the the body but, but they, they can't, can't get, get to get the out. furnace yeah <laughs> so they decide to do the next best thing which is just burn her there uh-huh with some gas yeah some <laughs> gasoline that they have or chemical yeah. and they set her on fire but nothing happens to her yeah yet again yeah i mean the fire goes up right up into the ceiling it spreads around the room yeah but she's not burning mm-hmm and then when Tommy puts the fire out with the fire extinguisher, someone's hungry. Yep. They realize the body is completely untouched. Yeah. Not a not a lick of damage on that no. body from the flames. Mm-mm. Well, the elevator turns back on. The doors open. So yeah. they try to leave. They're like, fuck this. Let's try Let's and get, get out. out. Of here. They realize that the doors to that to the autopsy room are now mysteriously reopened. Mm -hmm. So they make a run for it. But as they're running, Mm -hmm. they start hearing Mr. Ding, Ding, Ding with the toe coming at them. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get the door to open and then close to the elevator elevator. elevator, because it has one of those old style (coughs) cages, right? Right. That closes and then you're, yeah. Austin still has the axe, which is smart. At least he brought a weapon. He did. But little did he know when he... Went to attack this corpse that he thought was chasing them into the elevator. It's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He has now killed. His Actually, girlfriend. Tommy is the one who kills the girlfriend. His dad. It is. Yes. Do you not remember how horrible no. he felt? I thought it was Austin. No, Austin oh, well. did not kill it. It's the, as the as, he panics. Tommy panics and he uses the axe. He takes it from um from Austin. And he starts chomping away at it. And when the doors open again, they Mm. realize that Emma is dead. Mm. And Tommy just like goes back into the elevator and he's just, what the hell? Yeah. Well, Austin is freaking out. The dad is freaking out. They Mm. still can't escape. Right. So they have to go back to the corpse Mm because they are certain that the corpse has everything to do with what's going on. Yeah. They test... Her, this this part was gross when they cut her 
scalp. Her, oh my god! And then open the. This just shows me how bizarre our own bodies are because they, yeah. they. I have to say this: scalpels are really sharp. Yeah, they are. Aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like they you are. could do a lot of damage with a scalpel. Yeah, those are meant to be very sharp. I, precision. Yeah. So they <laughs> peel back the skin. Yeah. From the actual skull itself. Yeah. And then they, oh, this part just like, oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies, the drill on the skull. Yeah. It was just. It was gross. It was, oh, yeah. They take a part of her brain to look at under the microscope and they discover that her, she's alive. Yeah. Which they don't understand. And then you as the audience also don't understand. And this is, now is when. They're messing around with that cloth again. Mm-hmm. And when they fold it, they find the 2027, which in the Bible, it's Leviticus. L- Leviticus. It's, Leviticus a, it's a part sorry. of the Bible in <clears throat> Leviticus um, that condemns witches. Yes. And the year on here is 1693, which indicates Salem witch trials. Yes. Now, here the dad, Tommy, does this thing again where it's like, they were all innocent. There was no such thing as witchcraft. Right. They were just girls that were burned to death and it was horrible and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. so was she a witch or was she mm-hmm. a young girl who was condemned as a witch? And now she's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Screw you, people. I'm coming back with a vengeance. You killed <clears throat> me for nothing. You did these unspeakable things to my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm back to get back at you all. Uh, that's what I think. Okay. I think it's a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. Tommy offers his corpse as a sacrifice to her. Right. To spare Austin. Mm-hmm. When he does this, she accepts. Yeah. What happens is what her injuries are goes to him and she heals. Yes. Even her eyes go back to being brown. Mm-hmm. I thought that part was really cool. It was cool because you see his ankles and wrist. Yep cracking Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my god tommy is reaching for a knife to cut out his tongue Mm -hmm. because that's that's part of the right her right something i have to say before you go on Mm -hmm. what they have come to realize and maybe i said this but maybe i don't think i made it clear enough is Mm -hmm. that they determine that she is dead alive Uh and she is feeling everything that's happening to her right And I think this is what horrifies Tommy. And that is what propels him to make that offering because he Mm. feels so horrible for her. Anyway, go ahead. And obviously to save. Yeah, his son. His son. Well, anyway, so he's reaching for this knife to cut out his own tongue. But Austin stabs his father in the chest to end his misery because Mm kind of like the cat, he's so injured. Yeah, that he's not going to come back from this. And you see that that... That thing on his stomach. It's worse. Is worse. Like you can tell that the internal injuries are Mm -hmm. now severe. It's almost blackened in in his stomach area. Mm -hmm. So now Tommy is dead. Mm -hmm. Austin thinks he hears the sheriff trying to get into the basement from the external basement doors. Right. right? And he's telling him, yeah, we're cutting the tree. We're going to get in. It's a hallucination. Mm -hmm. Because it was just a, a ploy to get... Austin there. This is on top of the stairs. Right. His dad corpse freaks him out and freaks you out. Yeah. Because you weren't expecting it. Mm -hmm. And this poor kid falls backwards from the stairs. And yeah. And dies. He plummets to his death because he, it looks like he breaks his neck on the fall. Right. 
It's funny. That's what makes stairs scary, right? Because that's only one flight. Right. It's only one... I think it's like circular stairs. It's not that tall, but it's how you land mm-hmm. that can really just game end your over. life. Yeah. Yeah. The police do arrive the next morning, and uh, yet here we are again. Yeah. They're dead. No sign of forced entry, clearly. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get out, and the body is just intact. Yeah. They... Uh, the the sheriff is like, get this thing out of my yeah, county. Out of my county. I don't want it here. Send it to somebody else. Yeah. Because <clears throat> do you get the feeling that the sheriff felt, even from the very beginning, that something there's something off? up with this specific body? Because yeah. of what he says, get it out of my county. I think so. Because, I mean, I think at that point is when he realizes it. Because what are the chances of this body being in two places mm-hmm. within... 24 hours right. less right. 24 hours, and you have multiple deaths right. with the same scenario. Nobody came in. People trying to escape. Right. Yeah. So I think he realizes, same thing. You, Police, medical people, you're meant to believe in a scientific realism, but now you're thinking a little outside that box. Yes. Because it's co- now it's a coincidence and it's strange. Yeah. Now, I, I found the end rather odd okay. in one way. Mm-hmm. So we see this guy driving off in a van. with Ambulance. Her, yeah, an ambulance van. And I found it strange that they put her in there on that rolling, what are those a things? A gurney. A gurney. Mm-hmm. But she's not covered or anything. She's actually butt naked. That is true. That was weird to me. Yeah. That she should that have they been didn't covered. Put her in something or covered her up. I don't care. Something. Right. And as he's driving, the the radio changes stations, I think. To that song. And that again. song comes on. Yeah. We see her and her toe twitches. Yep. And the movie ends there. Now, here's my big question. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. So obviously, we use the internet as resources. Right. Right? When we were watching the scene of Tommy sacrificing his body, mm-hmm. I did not get the idea that he was reaching for a knife to cut out his own tongue. Right. I don't know if you did, but that's what the internet is claiming. Mm-hmm. And it's to complete the ritual of right. m- mirroring her injuries. If he had completed it, would she have stopped? Is that what's making her continue that nobody realizes what oh. what she wants is for somebody to take that pain away? Right. And in order to do it. In order to rest in peace. She needs all of it, including the It needs the to be completed. The cycle has to be. That's right. actually a great point. Just saying. Because I didn't. Re- I just thought he was in misery and was asking to be killed. Right. Because he was in. Oop, in sorry about the microphone hit there. And he was in pain, mm-hmm. kind of like the cat. Right. But now, knowing that, that adds a different layer to this. Hmm. Is that what she's looking for? And nobody seems to put that puzzle together. Because she probably shows up like she does here. And it happens over so and quick, over. Yeah. But so quick that you don't have time to figure it out. Right. And why would... If, if she was in our... On our property. Right. Well, look at these people. It was in their basement... I don't know if they would have, they must have known she was there because well, the way she was it, on earth. Or something led them to it. Right. Because how did she get there? Right. Was she always there? Are people moving in and out of that house constantly and so, dying? So we'd have to see the history of that house. Because uh, That would be a great, <clears throat> of course, I'm saying that it'll suck, 
a, a great prequel. prequel to it because yeah. I really want to know how she got there. Yeah. And I'd love to for it to do kind of like what Rob Zombie did mm-hmm. for Halloween. Yeah. Where you see the beginning and you see the present. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting take on that. Now, whether that'll happen and it'll be done right, I don't know. Because so many times the prequels are just so disappointing. Yeah. Exception, Halloween, Rob Zombie. Um, But I'm very curious. Or do we just leave it like that? I think it's fine to leave it like that. But but now just realizing she's so old, right? She's from 1693. Right. How is she getting around? Right. Obviously, she's a curse. And people must be getting rid of her, quote unquote, by just burying her. Because clearly you can't burn her. Clearly. I'm surprised no one has tried to chop her into pieces. That's true. Because that should work in theory. put her in a box and throw her to the bottom of the ocean. The ocean, right? So people are not getting rid of her the right way. But I don't know. That just left me wondering. Well, what I was trying to get at is if she's on our property, Mm -hmm. you and I. Right. We find her. We don't think, oh, let's do an autopsy on her and find out she's a witch. Right. By chance. Mm -hmm. This is probably one of the only times, if ever, somebody has literally opened her Mm -hmm. to figure out her mystery. Right. And he almost got it. He almost completed the cycle of her Of her pain. Yes. But it still failed. So she's just going to continue fucking with people because that's what happened to her until she can be at peace so if that cycle is completed everything that she was put through everything and Mm -hmm. i mean everything the the wrist and ankles the tongue the molar being removed and her that bag being put in her you would literally have to do all of that for her to stop including the etching under the skin how would you do that who would know to do that I don't know. So that's why I don't think she's just going to continue. They were the closest one. They're the ones who got there. Yeah. Almost. I think the stuff with the skin and the the swallowing of the molar, I think, I don't know if that, I think what she wants is the transfer of the actual pain, which is the burning, because the lungs is the burning at the stake. Right. The stabbing, obviously they stabbed her probably at the stake, and that's why she has right. those internal mm-hmm. organ injuries. Um, so I think that's what she wants relief from mm-hmm. the shattered bones versus right. um, swallowing that shroud and obviously the tongue taken right. out. Yeah. So I've watched a lot of things about Salem witch trials a lot, like if it's so much, but I've, I did watch this four part documentary on Discovery Channel about it. It's very interesting. It's all hysteria. Yeah. It's so sad. Mm hmm. And it, it does make it seem like it was a lot of people. It wasn't a ton of people, but I think it's it was so concentrated. And the again, that mass hysteria and paranoia was so bad. Yes. That it, it you know, was very impactful. And I remember watching, I think you watched it too. Funny enough, it was a documentary on Netflix about cats. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the history of cats. And they brought up cats and witchcraft as well because they are also hand in hand somehow and in that documentary they were talking about how when women were accused of witchcraft um and why they thought the witch had a broom is because women were using brooms to sweep their home Mm -hmm. and it was to be clean not because they're witches but because everybody thought that was so scandalous to clean your home Yes, they thought you're a witch and that's your broom that you 
use right. to write on. <laughs> I'll never forget The logic that. is not sound. What the hell were people thinking? But that's what I mean. Like these were, this was, these were intelligent women. And it was also just, I, they were two little girls who were just playing and it just escalated. Into something from that there. turned into contagious mass hysteria. Right. There was this one, uh, there was one man, I believe, that was accused of witchcraft as well. And what they did to him was so awful. They, I forgot what it's called. It's not stoning, but it is per se. But basically they have him lay on his back. They put this platform on him, mm -hmm. I wood or some kind of, yeah, some kind of slab of wood. I don't know. And every day they just add a really heavy rock until he basically dies from being crushed slowly oh to death. Burning at the stake. How do these people think of these things? Like that is very know. scary. What the human mind can think of. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I went to one time here locally, the local college. They had a uh, torture museum oh. exhibit. Mm -hmm. Uh, from medieval times and all those eras. And uh, honestly, I left that exhibit really disturbed because they have the real contraptions there. Oh, wow. And I just couldn't believe that human beings thought of Things. these contraptions. Yeah. It's it's very scary. That's scarier than any paranormal. I I, I was just going to say I <laughs> think witch. I think that human beings in general are scarier than any possible horror movie you can conceive of because yeah. all those horror movies are based on the crap that human beings do. Yeah, it was it was pretty. I remember in the museum the exhibit wasn't that big, but it it left me very uh, like it actually bothered my stomach because right? I just. I'm very visual, so I automatically start thinking. I put you somebody, can put in, somebody that in that and see it happening, and it's no, it's just a no. So, a lot of hysteria back then. It's very interesting to read about Salem witch trials. I think that's why it's still so popular because it's just amazing that this happened, not in a good way. It's mm -hmm. just interesting to read about it and be like, wow, this was crazy mass hysteria. And I mean, now it's become a not a I guess a joke because it's oh which is in Halloween and yeah it's just different now but I feel I don't want it to always be a joke because these people I can't just say women because there was a man they suffered for just thinking outside the box back then That's or because true. of two little girls who were playing and then That's they took it fair. to yeah it's I crazy it. it's just crazy and yes it was a long time ago but in the grand scheme of human life, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Thank God we've evolved. <laughs> have we? Have we? I had a I feeling you were going to say that because I don't think we have evolved. Well, that's for another podcast. <laughs> that is definitely for another podcast. So, yeah. Uh, so, I think the ritual was interrupted. Maybe she would have been okay with just taking Tommy's sacrifice and move on. And maybe she would have just stopped, but I think she will now be unstoppable because unless she lands in another coroner, maybe mm -hmm. she will at this university. That, that can figure all this out? That's the thing. They really figured this out. And did the shroud stay at this morgue so mm. now the shroud is gone? Or did it but go is back it? in her body? I think it goes back in. Mm. I think it all gets redone over and mm. over Oh my, could you imagine? No, but it's her revenge. It is her revenge, but could you imagine being like that? How many hundreds of years is that? It's a lot. To be reliving that pain all the time. Yeah. And no one helping you to 
get out of it. Mm-hmm. Because yes, it's revenge, but is it? Or is it just her saying, please get me out of this? And as time goes by, yes, she gets it's angrier. It's 330 years. Oh, wow. Okay. 330 years of living through this constantly and nobody putting you out of your misery. Right. Or she doesn't care. And she's just re- getting her revenge on anyone and everyone because getting she her is freak so on. mad. Okay. That Who knows? could be. Definitely. Any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, <clears throat> no, I think I'll save it for the end, but okay, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. Then let's jump into categories. All right. So let's go on to sound and movie. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to that little song that's played in the movie because okay. it is very creepy it is. when it's used in this context. Yes. All right. Hold on. Put me something. It's all about the devil, and I've learned to hate him so, she said. Well, that's eerie. Yeah. You don't, when you, like, I've heard this song. It's old. Yeah. It's open up your heart and let the sun shine in. Mm -hmm. All right. I had never listened to the word, words to this or the lyrics. Mm -hmm. This thing about the devil, like, what the hell? Yeah. And then I love how it's this light melody. Right. But it's but it actually the, makes it creepier. It's but kind of insidious. Yeah. Itself. So <laughs> it is. Well Very played creepy. with this movie. I like it. I wonder how long it takes them to go through music and find the right mm-hmm. song or songs for certain scenes because they always seem to nail it and they always find the most obscure random songs for this stuff like like an insidious that tiptoe through the whatever yeah it's perfect it is perfect it's creepy and just i feel like every horror fan that's ever watched insidious will always remember that song Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting i wonder how much work and how much research you have to do there's so much music out there yes but they find it. But they find it. I anyway. Well, let, let's look at Sinister. Oh, God. Well, please. that's not... It, it is a form of music. I, yeah, I, it is. That was insane how that plays into that movie. Ugh. Still can't get over that. Ever. Another person who's a master at... And this is not horror, but matching music with movies mm. is Quentin Tarantino. Because all his movies, at least the ones that I'm... That I watch over and over. Yeah have fantastic soundtracks to them. Yeah. Starting with Pulp Fiction to uh, Reservoir Dogs and onward. There, It's amazing that there's a talent for that, I think. Yeah. So. You have to do a lot of research and really think mm-hmm. how it's going to match yeah. a scene. It's hmm. great. I, it I love the whole sound and movie stuff because it, it... It's fascinating. You, you, kind, you as the audience, I think you take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But then when do. you when you step out of it, you don't realize how it influences your viewing a movie and how certain songs like that whole tiptoe through the tulip. Uh, if I hear it now, I will forever see that weird red faced demon yeah. sewing. Yeah. And I'll always see a sewing machine. Yeah, I get it. And I, I think we do take it for granted. And especially I think it's especially important. In horror. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it isn't in any other genre, but because horror plays on a lot of senses. Yes. It has to, right? Because it's not in front of you. It's behind a TV or mm-hmm. a screen. 
You have to use everything at your disposal, whether it's actual music or just a loud sound, because even the little bell ringing from the dead corpse walking mm-hmm. around made a big impact. Was creepy, yeah. And it was the the pitch of the bell and the way it was a three. I think it was like a three note mm-hmm. bell. It was right? ding 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 ding. ding. Yeah. You know, it it was perfect because when you hear it, you're thinking, "Oh shit, it's that corpse." Yeah, and that's just you know which that one movie. it is. Yeah, yeah. So I think the. Sound is very important, in particular in horror, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one with the song and even the little bell is uh, very effective. Yeah. So I like sound in movie. I think it's very important. I agree. What is your best scene? I'll go first. You go I first. I think just the whole autopsy mm-hmm. is incredible. I like seeing the relationship between the father and son. You could tell that the son, even though... He doesn't want to do this. Right. He's into it. Yes. I think what he... So something keeps happening. The son wants to really know what happened to... I was going to call them the patient. I guess you can call them a patient. To the corpse. Right. The dad is like, we're just here to find cause of death, not the why. Right. But the son wants the he why. He wants to know the why. And I think that's where their divide is. Yeah. That the son is way more curious. The dad is there to find out facts and that's it. Right. But he wants to know the why. Yeah. And it's fun to really see. You could tell that the father is the older, the wiser, mm-hmm. the more experienced, while the son is still learning and that, the curious, mm-hmm. right? Where the dad might have been like that when he started. Right. And then he learned over time, this is just a factual, here you go, this was the cause. The cops are the ones that find out the why, which right. is what he tells. And that's exactly, that's what he says. Austin. So I like, I thought they were really paired well. Mm-hmm. Together as father and son, it was believable. And you could tell, like you said, that dad was off. Mm-hmm. Maybe grieving. Maybe he's not normally as cold is not the word, but just very stoic and just very stern in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Versus Austin, who's, you know, young and he's like, all right, I want to go out and, you know, a young guy. Right. And you all, <clears throat> it's kind of a morbid business for a young yes. person to be in. And you do find out, I think, that this is a generational thing, which mm-hmm. apparently is very common yes. in that occupation. I think so. Now, oh, I lost my train of thought. Well, I'll keep going in case yeah. it brings it up. But I just love the mystery, the back and forth of both of them mm-hmm. now trying to figure it out. Yeah. The cause of death, the why, what is this? Let's open this up. The teamwork was really nice and piecing it together. I just really liked yeah. the, uh, the whole autopsy with Jane. And I remembered. See? And go. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I noticed throughout is the son, Austin, wants Tommy to talk about yes. his grief, his mom. But he doesn't. He's very old school where you don't talk about those things. You don't express that. Having come from my own family, you know, where things like that just weren't talked about. A person dies, they're dead, and that's it. You don't talk, you don't express your feelings about it. Mm. And I think that that's what was driving him crazy because he wanted to talk to his dad. He wanted his dad to release his grief and verbalize it. Correct. And I think that also added to the dynamic there as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And why he wanted to stay mm-hmm. to help him, why he can't tell him about going away. Because right. he's adding a lot of emotion to this mm-hmm. where the dad is not. Correct. And the dad might just be okay with it, but he's just adding a layer of emotion. Right. Because he's more emotional. And it's a different generation. generation. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So my best scene, while 
I agree with you on all of those. The one scene that resonates the most, and you're going to know which one it is. I'm sure you do. You won't, right. or you won't be surprised. Uh-huh. Is the whole cat scene? Ah, yeah, all of it, because it resonated with me mm-hmm. on a very personal level. As you lose, when you lose a loved one, in my in my case, it's my parents. Mm-hmm. As time goes by, little by little, things that were them start to. I don't want to say disappear, mm-hmm. but disintegrate, so to speak. Mm. It, it puts them further and further away. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So for him, that connection, that one little connection to his wife, yeah, maybe the last thread that he can think of is gone. Mm-hmm. It's annihilated. Yeah. So that scene touched me on a personal level. If nice. I'm going to look at the horror <laughs> of the movie itself, I think the most mind-blowing part for me is when they did the brain autopsy and they find out holy shit, she is still alive. Because that's when everything clicks. Right. But to know that she's been alive while you were doing all this shit to her. That explains the bleeding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little. Yeah. It's so different, right? Because there's a lot of movies about witches and Mm -hmm. commenting on witch trials. But I thought that's what I liked about this movie. I know I should have saved this for the end, but I just like the uniqueness of she's carrying the pain of that time. Yes. And she's getting revenge for it. Mm-hmm. Because that's how, like I said, that's how I see it. This right. is a revenge mm-hmm. situation and it's unique in how we're just using one body and the body is what's causing it without lifting a finger. Yeah. And that's pretty unique and uh, scary. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Best character. <sighs> Wow, this is a tough one. Yeah, it is. Because the three of them mm-hmm. are amazing. And by the three, I am talking about Jane Doe, Tommy, and Austin. And I think that's the order. Okay. For okay. me. Jane Doe is the first one? Yes. Because yeah. that actress did an amazing job. She didn't even speak. And she didn't need to. Yeah. Her essence, her power, her evil, her vengeance yeah. was constantly there. It was palpable, but it, you couldn't see it. You could just feel it. Did you ever get the sense that she was smirking? Yes. In some scenes? Yes. Okay. I, I feel like maybe in some of the scenes where you look at her face, it changes very yeah. subtly. Okay. I got where, that. Yes. Where there are... Okay. I thought it was just me and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was adding to it. Mm-mm. So I'm glad you brought it up mm-hmm. because there are scenes where all of a sudden her facial expression is very, very subtly changed. And yes, it's a smirk. Yeah. It's an, I got you. Aha. Yeah. That's what I got that throughout the movie. I didn't want to comment because I just wanted to see if you noticed. Mm-hmm. But okay, cool. Yeah. I thought it was just Okay. Me. Nope. It it wasn't. And I'm wondering if anyone, any of our audience who has seen it got that be, as well. So let us, let us know, us know um, via the Insta whatever world. <laughs> Social media. Yeah. Uh, I, it is a tough choice, but I'm going to choose Austin as hmm. my favorite character. Really? I like his... You could tell that he really loves his dad. He really wants to communicate with him. He He's torn, right, about leaving home mm-hmm. or staying. I kind of understand that. I get it. I know you do. 
because when you're close with your parents, you and it looks like they might be because I, I mean, think they, they work are together. Yeah, I think they are. Hell, look at us. Exactly. We have a podcast together. Right. And uh, I get it. You you are torn between what you want versus not what your parents want, but feeling like, okay, I, I need to be with my parent because they're in a bad spot or because, you know, they're your parents. That's right. what you do. Right. So I get where he's coming from. I just like his youthfulness. Like he balances the... Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to call I don't want to call him grouchy, but just his stoicism, you mm-hmm. need that curiosity. So right. it balances to balance him out. it out. Yeah. And I just I mean, I'm sad that they both died, honestly, because yeah. the dad, Tommy, is a very close second because I like him a lot too. Mm-hmm. They just played really well off each other, but Austin just adds that little dynamic that mm-hmm. I really like. Like the youthful curiosity and the torn yeah. is is a, a nice extra backstory for him and it's funny that you should say that because i I, and that you can relate to him Uh because i relate to tommy a lot oh okay in a lot of the things that he goes through like i push myself to talk about grief and how i felt when my parents died and i've shared that with you yeah but there's a part of me because it's learned behavior that sometimes just keeps it in but i I vocalize it because i feel it makes me feel better when i do Makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And now a fun one. What character would you play? <laughs> I would actually play Tommy. Okay. That's cool. What about you? I would play Jane Doe. <laughs> I want to be the mean witch, the vengeful witch. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the naked part would not be fun, but yeah. I think the... I can see that smirk on your face, though. Right? Like, ha. I can see it because you have sometimes have that smirk. Yes, I know. (laughs) Cool. And now our seven rules. rules. These are our seven rules on how to survive a horror movie. We apply these rules as we're watching the movie and see how many rules are broken or not and see if they increase or decrease chances of survival. Kick us off. All right. Rule number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs in the basement or the attic. And rule number five, why are you going in there if it says, don't enter, no trespassing, and it just looks damn scary. (laughs) Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board or seance, or in this case, picking up of corpses. (laughs) Apparently. She is a Ouija board in a way. In a way, she is, yes. Yeah. I have, I mean, they can't help it, but they're in the basement. Yes. Which sucks, because... Basements are scary anyway, not that we know because we don't have any, but they got trapped in there. Like, there's so many bad scenarios, mm-hmm. but they're in the basement. They didn't make sure she was dead. But I mean, they couldn't. I know, but I wonder if you would have chopped her up. Damn, you are into this chopping up. Honestly, if you can't burn something, that's my next You mission. can't burn it. You can't bury it because it comes back. Chop so, it. chop it up? Those are my scenarios. Bury it, burn it, or chop it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. These are horror movie things. Like you yeah. gotta come up with the next best thing. Right. Chop it. Okay. So I just wonder yeah. they could have done that extra mile. And they did split up because when the dad was in the office on his own, yeah. there was a lot of splitting up. Yes, there in was this movie. Yeah. So three rules were broken out of seven. And they clearly did not survive. You got it. And so. let's talk about that for a minute, because we didn't say anything about the fact that this was our favorite not happy ending. Ah, yes. I love this unhappy ending. Excellent. Yes. 
thumbs up on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and last but not least, ratings. How many cups of horror do we give the autopsy of Jane Doe? Mm-hmm. On the count of three, so that we don't have any bias if the, from one or the other, we will yell it. And then because we can't hear each other, we'll say it again. <laughs> right. One, two, three, nine. 8.5. Okay. Very nice. I heard you. Okay. And <laughs> nine because I, and, and I'm going to say nine steaming cups of horror. Ooh. Because I've watched this movie four times and guess what? I would watch it again. Oh, I would watch Shit, this. I should have just bought it and the hell was it. Well, it's free right now. I know, but it's not going to be always free. True. But this to me is very rewatchable because of the mystery. You yes. can always, kind of like movies like The Ring. Mm -hmm. You pick up something you pick every up, time. Smile. Yes. Things, movies like this that have that mystery component always have rewatchability in my opinion because you could, like you said, you can always pick up on something new. Mm -hmm. Look at the thing with the tongue. Yeah. And thinking, wow, maybe this is a whole ritual thing and nobody knows except mm -hmm. these two and they still couldn't do it. Right. And so. you, the chopping up. Chop it, man. Chop it up. Bury it, burn it, or chop it. <laughs> or put it in a box and throw it to the bottom of the sea. There we go. Fourth option. Mm -hmm. See? Or send it out into space. Fifth option. That's a little harder, though. We don't have access to, to that. Yeah, but Unless I mean, like, if it, it were... a NASA spaceship. Well, it could be, like, one of those private people, and it's like, hey, dude, get rid of this. Yeah, you got to pay them, though. I These know. These other options are semi-free. Mm. Or hardware <laughs> store <laughs> supplies. Okay. This is terrible. Anyway, <laughs> we watched this movie on Hulu. You can also watch it on Tubi for free with ads. Uh, apparently, it's also on either Shudder or Amazon, I okay. realized the other day when mm -hmm. I was scrolling through. And you can rent it on Apple TV. Okay. Awesome. I definitely recommend this movie. I don't know. Is this kind of elevated-ish? But not really, because it's not mm. what I would, you know, I'll, I'll admit it. These elevated horrors are pretent borderline pretentious. This has none of that, really. There's none of not. that here. No, this no. is a good mystery. A really good horror mystery. <laughs> yeah. Because it's horrifying. It is. And I, I like that it's a different take on a witch. Mm -hmm. And again, commenting on witch trials and just that whole thing. I just, I really... This is one of my favorites mm -hmm. ever. And and it's a non-witch because she wasn't a witch. Well, right. She wasn't, but then it's funny. She wasn't, but then she turned into one. Sure. Right? In into theory. an evil entity at this point, if you right. want to call it that, or a vengeful entity, because I don't know that she's evil. She's pissed off and rightly so. Yeah. She's just using her paranormal. If I were her, I probably wouldn't let it go either. Yeah. I mean, I'd those be, were bad things they did to her. And then not just that. It doesn't stop there. It's every time somebody finds you, yeah. they're doing something to you. Yeah. Can you imagine being buried no. like that? Not even They didn't even put her in a box. They just no. threw her body into the dirt and, I and covered chop her up. it up. And now you want to chop her up. So well, you know, you you're going to get it, man. I know. She's going to come get me she's today. coming to get you. Damn. <laughs> Listen, you know what? The skin. The skin is the mystery to me. Mm-hmm. Because they unravel... Okay. So she was burned at the stake. Right. Right? The real girl. Mm-hmm. Jane Doe was a real girl in that time. They burned her at the stake. They cut out her tongue. The molar. That's why her lungs are burned. The, the tissue injury, I assume, like I said, they stabbed her. They stabbed her. her, yes. The skin. 
Did they write that on her burnt skin? And that's what that is? Or did they do it on the outside? And then it seeped through. It's under the skin because she's actually, she's intact. She's not burned. She's not anything. Everything is internal. Did they write that on her skin? Did they burn it into her skin Mm. before she got burned? Maybe. Okay. That's the only thing I was like, what did... What is it? Was it after she was burned? But that that wouldn't make sense. No, that would make sense. I think that it was done before before she was burned. I think that was added as a way to ward off that. All those things were to ward off her evil and to quench it. Right, right. So they could have written all that stuff on her. Yeah, that's true. Because it it was on Leviticus condemning the witch. Yeah. So that was condemning her. Okay. So they would have written it on her skin, and then they would have stabbed her and burned her. Yeah. Now think about this. If they, let's say that they. That was a lot of skin. That was a, a lot, lot of stuff on her skin. On her skin that they probably did to her while she was, was alive. alive. Right. I wouldn't want to let this shit go either. I wouldn't either. I'd be pretty pissed off. Me too. But see, in this case, would you go after the ancestors instead of these people? But how could you if you're dead? I don't but, think she cares. Know. I think she's just pissed, pissed. off. I don't blame her. Can and you? I love how, because I think also there's this whole thing. Uh, I know it happened in The Witch that she appears beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Which is her case. Right. She also appears as a beautiful lady. Mm-hmm. But then they're not. Because right. in The Witch, in the other movie, The Witch, she's an old hag. Mm-hmm. I mean, she literally is a hag. Right. But she, you know, they have the spells and all that to make them youthful and the babies and all that. But in this case, the horror is within. Right. But it's just, I think that's the. Uh, Do you think that that's, that's the trap? Her beauty yeah, and her how. Beauty. That's what gets people curious is that she stays looking beautiful, beautiful and intact. Yeah. I think so, because that's also the lore of a witch, right? Is that they're always a beautiful woman as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, allure. bewitching, mm-hmm. right? Right. <laughs> Just saying. I yeah, don't know. Clearly, this movie has held up for us. Yeah. We're, I think this is an hour and a half long episode. Welcome to season four. <laughs> yes. Welcome to season four, folks. And for those of you have that have been with us from the beginning. Thank you. Thank you so much. And make sure you comment on everything. We love when we get comments and that you found us, you're liking it, it's made your day. And make suggestions. Yeah. Recommend movies. Anything. You will always do a bonus episode. We do theme every month because it's fun, mm-hmm. but we love throwing in bonus episodes. Is it has? It doesn't have anything to do with the theme. It could be whatever your heart yep. desires. Throw us three movies that you'd like us to review or talk about, and we'll pick one. Yep. And we'll surprise you. (laughs) I don't know what my next pick is, so it'll be a surprise. Okay. Because I'm still thinking, you know, I have to make this count. Of course. You know. It's birthday month. We got to make it count. I have ideas, but I don't know. There's too many. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. We'll just have to be surprised on the next episode. All right. I'll go with that. And that's a wrap on the autopsy of Jane Doe. Thank you for joining us today on Horror Cafe Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. And you can also visit us at 
horrorcafepodcast.com where you can learn a little bit about us and also listen to our podcasts. If you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That'll really help us out. You can also choose to support the podcast with a monthly contribution. The link to this and everything else we've mentioned are in the notes section of the episode. And in the meantime, stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye.